What up, y'all? Welcome to Queer Walk, the podcast, the insurgent bi-weekly audio syllabus for and by queer folks of color. My name is Money, the cover letter cutie. Ooh, right, because you've been applying for them jobs. I have. I've been trying. You, you know. have. I'm trying to be somebody, associate professor 2020. You know. Okay. <laughs> Hashtag Dr. Money. And I am Nikita, and I am the zipline zaddy. Zipline Zaddy. Oh, oh. Well, will we hear more about this later in the episode? Uh, just a little bit. Okay. Okay. Well, your secretive ass. All right. If she wouldn't be a cryptic Capricorn, if we didn't have to wait, oh. drop the intro. <laughs> Your chocolate demeanor and your cocoa kisses. I see your flow from a distance. Your vibe inside my submission. I give you all of me. Wanna make you proud of me. We see the God in all you do. Your light is harmony. Every type, darkest night, brightest light. I'm loving your soul. They hate you, replace you, take you, but know that you go. Worldwide from every continent. I just want you to jig a little bit. Move them hips, feel that bliss. Hug your sister, make a fist. Don't resist your temptation. You amazing, no limitation. My favorite in this matrix. We move by your vibration and that's love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. I hope you hear that on the daily, cause baby you love. You love. Alright, Nikita. Are you ready to get into episode 75? Yes, 75? Two life? Okay. Oh gosh, my my booty pop was a lot better. Uh, well, I don't have any uh pop to this here derriere. Anyway, uh, did you ask me where they can find us? I was about to, but okay. I was too excited about episode seventy five. Yeah, this is this is big. This is huge. This is this is huge. It feels like just the other day we were doing episode fifty. That is so true. God. Yeah. God that feels like actually like an eternity ago. It does. Time flies, but also it's so much has happened. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. Before we get ahead of ourselves, we are twenty five episodes away from one hundred. Yeah, that's gonna be yeah, that's gonna be huge. It's gonna be a milestone for us. Yeah. Huge. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, again, before we get off task, I want to tell listeners, especially first time listeners, where they can find us. Where can you find us? Glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter, where our handle is at QueerWalkPod. That's P-O-D. You can also find us on Facebook, also known as The Book of Faces, facebook.com slash QueerWalkPod. You can also find us where it all began, which is on Tumblr, QueerWalk.com. And where can they listen? Since you didn't wait for me to ask where they can find us. I'm sorry. I just got really excited because we're on episode 75. Anyway, you can listen to us on Pocket Cast, CastBox, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and all of the other major places where you can listen to podcasts, except for Spotify, because their terms of agreement are terrible. <laughs> I guess we'll never be on there now. <laughs> That's fine. More like Spot a Lie. Okay. Spot a Lie. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I've, I've just single-handedly tanked our podcast career. <laughs> anyway, Money, you and I are the co-hosts mm-hmm. of this independent podcast. <laughs> Very independent. Staunchly independent. 
Um, anyway, you and I are the co-hosts of this um, independent podcast, but it doesn't just run with just us. There's a community mm-hmm. that contributes to this here community. So can you tell folks how they can contribute and participate in the Queer Walk community? I sure can. So there are one of two ways that you can contribute to Queer Walk to continue and make sure that we see episode 100. The first way is by giving us some of that hard-earned money. Um, you can do a one-time donation over on our cash app, which is dollar sign Queer Walk Pod, P-O-D. Um, no amount is too small or too big. The second way you can contribute uh, with money is by going over to our Patreon and becoming a sustainer of this here program. So for folks who are unfamiliar with Patreon or the way um, being a patron works, it is a monthly commitment uh, donation that helps us support all the overhead costs of being podcasters. Um, And you can do that at patreon.com slash queerwalkpod, P-O-D. Again, no amount is too small or too big. We have some suggested uh, levels there for you and some perks that come along with those levels, but you can contribute as um, much as you would like. The second way that you can sustain Queer Walk the Podcast is by loving us out loud. You can do the R's. Rate, review, request a topic or a curved chronicle you can submit. Repost our episodes when we post them. Retweet us on Twitter at QueerWalkPod. And reply to us by using the hashtag QueerWalkQueerWOC or QueerWalkPod, P-O-D. To talk all things to podcasts, your reactions to the mental moment, if Nikita cleared some shit up for you with the word, or if you have any Curved Chronicles, suggest a Queer Walk of the Week. You can do all those things using hashtag QueerWOC or hashtag QueerWOCPOD on any and all of your favorite platforms. You can also send us a topic or a curved chronicle uh, if you don't want to be limited to like word count and uh, character count at our Gmail, which is queerwalkpod at gmail.com. That's also where you can hit us if you're trying to flood us or um, trund us, train on the Amtrak, good old Amtrak, out to um, an event that you're having. If you would like for us to speak at your um, school, a local organization, a book club, um, a QPOC uh, meetup, some QPOC shenanigans, uh, tell us about it and hit us up at QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. I see you trying to steal your, um, steal my radio voice. <laughs> How cute. Alrighty. <laughs> <laughs> If I murder you, we can't make it to 100 episodes, so... Well, I hope you all enjoy her second-rate imitation nonetheless. Shut up! Shut up! (laughs) But yes, I'm just really especially going to encourage you all to request um, topics because Montanique and I were seriously considering considering which is our favorite cloud. Is it Cumulus? (laughs) What's the other one? Nimbus. That's not a topic. Well, exactly. More reason why we need to hear from our listeners. Yeah. What would y'all like to hear us talk about? Um, I think we do our topic segment dirty all the time. But we honestly don't have a sense of, like, what y'all want to hear. Yeah. And I think episode 75 is a good check-in to see, like, what y'all feeling. Yeah. What would y'all like to hear us uh, tackle, cover, or if you just want to hear us shoot the shit about. Yeah. So, yes, whatever, um, you know... 
whatever your heart is burning, your ears, or I should say, are burning to hear from us, please let us know. Queerwalkpod or at know gmail. about us because I be com. trying to get Nikita to do personal topics and she be shutting them down. You know, that's not particularly my steez, but you know, if they ask something within reason, your most embarrassing. <laughs> Look at her, she already trying to pull my mic out. My most embarrassing political demonstration, <laughs> I think. Yes, I would love to talk about that. Your most embarrassing picket line, we don't want to yeah, hear the about the time that, I either. forgot to bring the sign up sheets. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> Fucking nerd. <laughs> All right, Nikita. We are going to move it on along to the Queer Walk, Queer Walk, Queer Walk of the Week segment. And what is the Queer Walk of the Week segment, Nikita? The Queer Walk or Queer Pock of the Week segment is just a segment where we highlight, celebrate, and or amplify a Queer Walk women of color or person of color who's just doing the damn thing, just fucking it up, a living legend, somebody who's just making history, causing waves, causing trouble. Mm. That's the Queer Walk slash Queer Punk of the Week. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty iconic uh, segment. Iconic. Iconic. All right. So you're going to do the Queer Walk of the Week this week. I am. And this is like, when we talk about iconic. Yeah. I mean, it's fitting that this is episode 75, which Truly. is a, a, a milestone. A milestone. This person. Or um, a kilometer stone if you're in on the metric system. Okay. That's, is that are even a that's real not, thing? That's not a real thing. Okay, <laughs> then. Shut up. <laughs> who's, who, who's the Walk of the Week, Nikita? Okay. I cannot believe we haven't um, highlighted this person before because I, I know, talk you, about them so much. You're so excited. So, the Queer Walk of the Week this week is none other than... Cheryl Dunye. Dunye, yay, yay. <laughs> you really missed your calling as a hype woman. It's not too late. Cheryl I wish Dunye I could. Can... I wish I could rap. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> you know, I'm some of us, ahead. we just stick with the gifts that we have. Exactly. Anyway, so who is Cheryl Dunye? I am so pleased. She is a, a historic, history-making, groundbreaking <laughs> black lesbian filmmaker, director, writer, and actress. So Cheryl Dunye um, was born in Liberia. And so it's about a month ago, she was presented with the Jose Munez Award. And so the Jose Munez Award is named after the late, great uh, queer study theorist and scholar. And it's just like, huh, what, what has... Cheryl Dunye done to win such an important honorific. I am going to tell you. What has she not done? What has she not done? Uh, I was about to say me, but that's inappropriate. Anyway, so as I said, she's a a groundbreaking black lesbian filmmaker, director, writer, and actress. She owns her own production company called Jingletown Films. And so this is very exciting because she is actively working on developing two series and so the first one is the gilda stories and the gilda stories is an adaptation of the phenomenal and much beloved queer vampire novels from another black lesbian phenom jewel gomez and so jewel gomez wrote the gilda stories in 1991 so that's one of the shows that she's turning into um, that's one of the novels that she's turning into a series. I've never heard of the Gilda story. Girl, you got to get into oh it. Oh my yes. God, I need to read these. And then there, she's making another show a about... A 
broke queer vampire? Yes. Do you know how I feel about Blade? And you trying to tell me there's a, a, a black queer Blade out yes. there? Yes. Yes, there is. And so she's also working on another show that's about Nigerian scammers. So I feel like that's going to be, that's going to be great. That's going to be amazing. And so um, and you also might know her, some of her recent writing credits, um, production credits on the own show, Queen Sugar. Oh, yes. So she was invited to do the direction on two episodes of season two. And then because Cheryl Dunyate is such a baddie, they were like, damn, you good. You really know what you're doing. <laughs> so they invited her back on season four to be the producing director of the show. Oh, wow. Yeah. So um, so she's worked on Queen Sugar. And then also she's done a, a whole number of other uh, shows. She served in a directing capacity. So like Dear White People, um, The Fosters, and The Shy. Hey, Lena. How you doing, Lena? Okay. We know you listening. Okay, simmer down. <laughs> um, I mean, what else would she listen to? Right, exactly. So, and that's just like a tip of the iceberg. She's done, um, she's done direction um, on other on other TV shows, but these are the the ones that some of our listeners might know. Uh huh. And okay. Oh my gosh! Here okay. we go, Nikita. Oh gosh. And so I had to save the best for last. Are you ready? So her totally groundbreaking, genre blending slash shifting. 1996 film The Watermelon Woman. <laughs> and if you listen to this show regularly, <laughs> this film is very, very important to me. And mm-hmm. it's like, I remember back when you had to, when you could order like DVDs from Netflix. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I got the DVD of The Watermelon Woman on like a Friday night in my house. And so this is a period of my life where I'm like, you know, I'm just worldly and that's why I'm interested in these queer things. <laughs> It's not because I have these burning, repressed queer desires. Yeah. Because what is what is the watermelon woman about, Nikita? Okay, so I'm going to get to that. Um, well, you know, I'll just answer your question now. So it's kind of like, um, it's like a meta film in the sense uh-huh. that, so I said that she's a director and an actress. So she directed, produced this film, and she stars in it. Uh-huh. So it's basically about a black lesbian filmmaker, surprise, surprise, <laughs> who like basically is like really fascinated because she comes to learn about what's essentially just somebody it's just an an actress in the movie it's not like a real person but yeah. there's like this uh woman there's this black woman who she learns about from like the cold war era, from cold war era films mm-hmm. and um the woman this black actress her only the only way that she's credited in the movie the watermelon uh, woman is as the watermelon yeah. woman so as um, the lead character in the show, and excuse me, as a lead character in the movie, she goes on like this. She goes digging in the archives to find out more about um, this black this black actress, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is like all the things that I and love. along the way she has like lesbian escapades. Yes, and all, <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's, it's funny you mentioned the thing about the lesbian escapade because. There was a, you know, as always with groundbreaking stuff, there was controversy around it. So she received like a 30-something thousand dollar grant from the NEA, which is the National Endowment for the Arts. And there was a big, you know, brouhaha over it because there was a brief lesbian sex scene. And this is like government money. money. Yeah. And this is like 90s. So mm-hmm. this is like very scandalous, right? Um, and so it's so funny because what she dubs this film and some of her earlier, uh, like, 
films is Denier Mentories. Right? <laughs> right. And so yeah. a Mentory is essentially it's like her blending of like autobiography, comedy, narrative, and documentary. And that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what that she film created her is, own right? Genre. Yeah. And so it's the first feature length narrative film written and directed by an out black lesbian about black lesbians. Oh my gosh. And I found this interview. It's I don't know, it just feels like Michelle Parkinson keeps coming up so much because I think it was in the oh yeah, in the inter, in the episode where we interviewed Alexis Pauline Gums, one of the, in that word I talked about that book about black lesbian filmmakers. Uh-huh. And so of course um, Cheryl Dunyer went in an interview with somebody asked her like who was like a groundbreaking um, who's been like a role model for her who's like like has influenced her mm-hmm. so she says like I would not be like where I am without Michelle Parkinson and it's like I, I know it sounds cheesy but it's like I don't know it's not the fact that I don't know if I would be here had I not seen the, the watermelon woman but it was nice to have the watermelon woman along my path yeah to like you Aww. know becoming who I am so it's just, I just, like, vividly remember the day that I, like, watched that movie. Me yeah? too. And I was just like, kind of like, oh, I'm like, this is very interesting, you know, from a deeply <laughs> objective anthropological... Pr- <laughs> I was like, bitch, you was gay. You was gay. You was gay. Anyway, so she's done all kinds of other um, um, sort of, like, independent films where she's, like... Um, trying to, like, get out or better understand these things around sexuality, race, and identity. And, like, that's kind of, like, I think that's why, you know, the watermelon woman Mm -hmm. is, like, it's so influential. um, And it's, like, it's considered, like, a classic. And it's, like, groundbreaking. And that's, you know, that's, like, it's, like, a very key piece in, like, like what what was called, um, like, queer new cinema at the time. So, I mean, just for all of the what she's done and, you know... Because uh, I think we often talk so much about, you know, the images on screen, but it's just so important to have, you know, black folks, black queer folks behind the scenes yes. who are actually, mm-hmm. you know, giving life and breathing life into the stories, you know, that matter to us. Mm-hmm. So just really a big thank you for, you like, for being you and for doing the work that you do, Cheryl Dunyer. And it was so funny because, like, a while ago, Barbara Smith had tweeted a picture, another mm-hmm. black lesbian luminary and yes. icon. Yeah. And it was just so amazing to see, like, those two in the picture together. together. We'll have yeah. to post that on our Instagram. But mm-hmm. it's just, like, you know, just seeing, like, the generations of uh, black women, black queer women, and black lesbians just, like, doing the damn thing. Yeah, and just yeah. doing this groundbreaking shit. It feels good, you know? Like, yeah. we we are not the first. We didn't, um, you know, plop out of stardust. Yeah. Like, it's because of... Women like Dunye that like we get to exist in all of our excellence. Absolutely, yeah. I I really remember the day that I watched the Watermelon Woman. When was it? Um, it was actually like a month or so after I moved to Syracuse. I had like a huge crush on this person who later became my partner, but at the time we were just like hanging out, and uh, she was like telling me about. Cheryl Dunyer, and um, I was like, "Oh, I, I've never heard, I've never heard of this movie." And she was like, "What? Oh, we gotta watch it." And she put on Watermelon Woman. Mm-hmm. We like, oh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but we found it online somewhere. <laughs> um, you know, we sure. <laughs> we're broke grad students. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Cheryl, for your work. <laughs> 
Uh, and it was the first movie we ever watched together. Yeah. And we sat there that day, and it was so freaking fun. Just, yeah. like, sitting there and being like, can you believe this? Like, right. that this is a movie, you know? Um, and there were just, like, these little nerdy moments. Because she's essentially, like, an archivist, right? Yeah, like, yeah. And going through archives and stuff. She's and, working at a video store. Yeah, yeah. It was just, like, so relatable, but also inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And so, yeah. It, right. it definitely changed my yeah. uh, black lesbian trajectory. Exactly. I can tell it was a moment because I so vividly remember. Same, yeah. same, same. So thank you, Cheryl Dunye. Yeah, thank you. Are you ready for community contributors, Nikita? Yeah. Up, uh, we need them dollars. I said I like it like that. Become a patron tomorrow. I said I like it like that. Get a shout out on Queer Rock. I said I like it like that. Community, yeah, and then I hot. said I like it like that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I just, I, I really want us to find like a home jingle for community contributors. That's okay. all. Uh, so Community Contributors is the segment where we highlight y'all who make it possible for Queer Rock to continue, and I think it's my favorite segment for that reason. We get to just talk about all the support we get as black queer baddies to continue to do black queer baddie shit. All right, so this episode, we don't have any new patrons or new donations on the Cash App to shout out. Um, but this just means that y'all need an extra push and reminder mm-hmm. to go ahead and become a patron and get those bomb-ass playlists from me and hit us off on the Cash App, which yeah. is a one-time donation. And again, no amount is too small or too big. An extra push. A love shove, if you will. Yeah. Um, we really want to get to a point where we can um, like have enough coming through the uh, Patreon, where we can get some, like, help over here. Yeah. That way we can give y'all weekly content, and we won't, like, go <laughs> ghost for <laughs> yeah. for a week before we come back. Um, you know, we both got very demanding jobs and schedules, and it would be amazing if we could have somebody else come over here so we can give y'all weekly content. And so they can be paid... A livable, a wage. livable, yes, we know just dignified wage. We know Nikita. I'm just, I'm just saying, if you want us to pay somebody in peanuts, <laughs> we could do that. But that's not in line with our value. So we need your help, so we can pay people what they're, what they're worth and what they deserve. This is true. Yeah, and you know, ideally, we will be paying another queer park. So yeah, we, absolutely. you know, we deserve the finest. You know. <laughs> But, okay, so we don't have any new monetary donations, but we do have new small town shout outs. Yes, we do. So we do the small town shout outs in the community contributor segment to just highlight the places that aren't the large metropolitan areas that tend to pop up in our top 10 or top 20 um, listen cities for the, the week since our last episode. And... I guess we've discovered in doing small town shout outs that I really don't understand geography, but that's okay. Because <laughs> neither does America. <laughs> Hashtag borders are constructed. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so if this is not a small town, um, we still want to shout you out and celebrate you because I'm not familiar with your area. <laughs> <hair. laughs> I'm yet growing. The more you know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. So what? we're going to send a huge shout out to, okay, I just put the whole thing because I didn't know. Okay, Fort George G. Meade, Maryland? Yeah. Is I don't that know the where whole that is. Okay. I imagine. 
Because uh, I didn't know if it was just Fort George or if, if the G Mead was like necessary. I'm sure the fine residents of Fort George G Mead will tell us what the appropriate way is to signify this uh, this city. I'm sure a wonderful place. Okay. <laughs> well, shout out to Merlin, um, Fort George G Mead. And also we have another city in Maryland. Where? Sykesville? Is that how you would pronounce it? Is it that? Sykesville or Skiesville? Oh, you right, Skiesville. I read it wrong. That's okay. Skiesville. Yeah. I'm, because I was when you also listen to thinking Queer about Rock. a WNBA player, so maybe. Like, wow, you just, <laughs> you really just have dyke on the brain, don't you? You can't help yourself. That's okay. <laughs> anyway, um, to all of our basketball uh, WNBA fans uh, listening out in Skiesville, Maryland, we appreciate you. I was and we thinking. hope you have Queer Walks and Dykes on the Brain as much as money. The USA team got announced. I was just distracted. Okay. Wow. Shout out to Skiesville, Skiesville, Maryland. And I'm sure they have some good basketball players coming out of there. Who knows? <laughs> I tried to connect it. It didn't wow, work. This is, you were really trying to go for a slam dunk there. Okay. <laughs> This is small town shot. We are okay. I feel like we're just increasingly g- starting to burn bridges with all of these small towns. <laughs> anyway. No, it's it's really it's really because I've like never read it or heard it before. Same, same. Yes, yeah, so it's like if I haven't heard it said. Yeah, you know. So sorry, Skiesville. But nevertheless, two cities in Maryland mm-hmm. that I've never heard of have been in our top ten. Yes. And so that is excellent. I don't know what's happening in Maryland, but keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah, keep doing yes. it. And doing it and doing it well. All right. <laughs> uh, Nikita, you on one for episode 75, <laughs> ain't you? All right. So you want to go ahead and read the new reviews? Yes. So our first review is from Abundance Bonson. Abundance says, a blessing. Five stars. All the thank yous from a black queer therapist in training. Y'all are so appreciated and adored. I love starting off my day listening to y'all before going into sessions. Uh-huh. I just love when other black queer therapists say that they love the show. Me too. It means a lot to me. Yeah. It really does. Queer Walk Listen, therapist approved. <laughs> All right. We're going to go on now to, what is this, Jemiza? <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? I don't know. It just got a nice little ring to it. it, it I thought it was Jamzia. Jam. Oh yeah. boy, we're okay. A lot of things are not going well for episode seventy-five. That's okay. We're gonna keep trudging along. Anyway, Jemai slash Jamiza says a newbie. I'm really loving the podcast and the insight. I love how the two of you have varying views and spit that unapologetic flow. Definitely here to learn, laugh, and connect. Aww. Well, thank you. Thank you. I wish we knew how to pronounce your name. Yeah, you are going to have to start sending phonetic. <laughs> it's pronounced, yeah. Right. But thank you for those. Oh, those reviews were so good. These were so sweet. Thank you. Oh, my gosh. That means we're over 250 reviews on the Apple app. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well over. So we're, we're like, closer. We're inching our way to 300 reviews. Getting closer, This yeah. is, like, epic, y'all. It oh, is. my gosh. I can't believe I've produced anything that would have... 250 reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Thank y'all so much. And also for like answering that call because we were like, we're so close. Yeah. Just like get us over that hump. You all rose to the occasion. We appreciate that. Yeah. We just love and appreciate you all so much. We really do. Because, you know, 
I love Montanique so much, but it would really just be us hanging out on like a Sunday night. Which is fine. Which What's is wrong fine. with that? No, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like it's like I get to share we get to share our friendship, you know, and the things that we care about and the things that we love with other people. Mm-hmm. I hope I hope it also feels like um <laughs> I just saw this uh meme. One of my friends was talking about, and the person asked the other person, was it a podcast? <laughs> and they just kind of looked at them. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I hope it really feels like that, that y'all are listening. Listening to and friends. And feel like friends, yeah, because yeah. that's how we see all of y'all who make this possible and who support us in Absolutely. all kind of ways. You know, I love Nikita, but sometimes she be getting on my nerves. And <laughs> it just that's helps. not even remotely close to It true. just helps to have people um, to, you know dissipate that uh, energy when I feel like punching her in the throat. <laughs> oh boy, this is okay. And now we're going to hear this trained mental health uh, professional who just threatened me with the worst form of violence. She's just so annoying, y'all. <laughs> but I, I love her. I love her. And <laughs> this podcast will be a testament to our friendship when we're like golden girls age. Okay. Even though I will never cohabitate with you. Are we friends? Or I don't... <laughs> I know that how to assess a friendship was a few episodes ago, but it just seems like we're teetering here. <laughs> Are we going to have to do one of those trashy, terrible therapy episodes with a, a non-credentialed, a non-credentialed therapist? Honestly, I'm done. Wow. All right. So, moving on along to my personal favorite alliterative segment is it it is the mental moment with money i don't care how excited you say it or how many um alliterative pauses you take hashtag where's the jingle (laughs) i just hoping we can move on hashtag where's the jingle hashtag what's in the messenger bag What's in the what's in the chicken wrap, Mary? <laughs> Mental moment. She should have saved that for the chicken sandwich. What's in yeah, the, what's in the new chicken sandwich, yeah, Mary? I know she really regrets that. that if there was going to be a chicken sandwich to be singing over, I think it was the Popeye. So you really did miss that boat. We still love you nonetheless. All right, so what is the mental moment with money? Is it a segment where we talk about chicken? No. It is a segment segment where our resident limited licensed mental health professional, future Dr. Money, regales us with some interesting, insightful, deep tidbit, factoid, or history of something related to wellness or mental health. And without further ado, Money Take it away. Or I, Mary. <laughs> Money. <laughs> it's her biscuits. <laughs> Wrapped up in a... <laughs> I feel like only 10 people listening are going to get that. Yeah, that's fine. We'll, we'll leave it in for the, those 10. What's in the new chicken wrap, Mary? All right. What's in the mental moment, money? <laughs> I'm about to tell you. It's hot biscuits. <laughs> I feel like we really own one because it's episode 75. I think that's what that is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All all jokes aside, y'all, I'm trying to pull it together. There's like tears in my eyes. Oh, my gosh. Woo. So, um, 
Y'all know this is a very well-rounded segment. You know, I try to put all parts of myself in this segment. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I do real deep technical um, jargony mental health shit. And then sometimes I do my woo-woo tidbits because they're just as healing and helpful. And my whole purpose in doing this is to give y'all like accessible shit that y'all can use to help that mental. Right? So my mental moment today is hibiscus. Not to be confused with low biscuits. There's no such thing as low biscuits. <laughs> Shut up, Nikita. That this sounds is... like a good stripper name. Low biscuits. Um, I think high biscuits would be a better. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Because it's a flower. You know how. Oh yeah. Stripper names. You gotta have like, a either a flower, a candy, low. or a place. Have you put thought into this, <laughs> Nikita? They don't pay TAs over the summer. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I was about to go down to Paradise Found. Mm-hmm. About to find your paradise, I see. <laughs> At the end of July. Okay. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. Hibiscus. So, hibiscus. So, I... Okay. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what inspired this. Right, right, right. So, I've been into tea for, like, a while. But I feel like I've gotten more into, like, higher quality tea since living upstate. Because um, it's so easy to get, like, fresh herbs up here and stuff. Yeah. When I was, like, in undergrad, I was just drinking, like, Lipton. Lipton. Like a basic beer. <laughs> <laughs> Is this your tea? <laughs> um, but, <laughs> yeah, I started, like, learning more about, like, herbs and loose-leaf teas and all of that bougie shit up here in Syracuse um, because it was just more accessible to me. So, uh, hibiscus was one of the first, like, loose um, leaf teas that I started making on my own and I've been so so for that reason I've been using it for a while and so I feel like I can speak personally to some um, benefits that I've seen from it and also I'm gonna like read a little bit about it um, also you know what else inspired this what's that a little juju podcast oh of course none I, other first of all fucking love juju uh, easily uh, so this is this is about to be me being a podcast elitist. You okay? We put a lot of work into our segments, like mm-hmm. researching, mm-hmm. like looking up. It's part of the reason why I love the Baddie Brigade. Like you can hear the work that goes into the episodes. A thousand percent. Yeah, and it's the same with Juju. Like she didn't just like roll over and be like, "I'm about to be right. the, this like conjure witchy bitch." Like she has put work into put learning in this work. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, she also reminds me that things in our everyday life heal us and help Mm. us, right? And so, shout out to Juju. Check out a little Juju podcast. She's always talking about herbs that you can use in, like, um, spiritual and also in healing ways. So, yeah. So, hibiscus. So, what is hibiscus? I keep saying it because I really like this word. But, (laughs) so, it's a superfood, actually. Um, And, okay. What a superfood means is, is just a really concentrated amount of a lot of vitamins. Um, so when people talk about like kale and almonds and all this shit, like that's what they mean when they say a superfood, right? It has a concentrated amount of a lot of shit that's good for you. So it's nothing new to um, to use hibiscus for its like medicinal properties. People have been using it for hundreds of years in South America and parts of the Caribbean. 
Um, it's been used from everything from a dye. Um, and if you if you're familiar with hibiscus tea, you know it turns like everything red. Uh, to a fragrance because it smells like this sweet tangy. Um, and also, people use it in hair masks as a conditioner because mm. mm, um, it's really, huh? I said, I need that. Yeah, you do. Because <laughs> it's a really hydrating flower, right? Um, so, the flower itself is like a really pretty, like deep pinkish color. But when it's dried, it gets like darker. Um, so, it looks like this deep red. And it makes like a deep red color tea. It's really, mm. really pretty. I love it. Oh gosh, it's so pretty to make. Um, so when I make hibiscus tea, because you can put too much, and I know y'all just with regular tea, you've had tea that's like too strong and it tastes like a tea bag. Yeah. Um, so I use like half a cup of the dried hibiscus leaves to a cup of water. That's my like ratio. Ratio. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and it, it has a very light, like fruity kind of tangy taste to it mm-hmm. naturally like without adding anything to it and i've even like eaten a piece of the like dry flour just to see what it tastes like um and it's it, it does start it starts really sweet and then it gets tangy it's like a, a natural uh sour patch <laughs> oh that's <laughs> that's what i was thinking you're so funny Um, And so there's like hundreds of different species of hibiscus. Some of them are um, like a lighter color. They might look even orangey. Um, But the most common ones that we see in the United States um, is the roselle flower. And it's it's called like a roselle because it looks the color of a rose red. Um, uh, And so if you see it in like a herb or like a botanica shop um, called roselle, that's hibiscus. It's just that's the kind we get the most of in the United States. In other places, like in Jamaica, they call it like Red Sorrel or Agua de Jamaica. Um, So it's called different things, but all of this is the same type of plant, which is hibiscus. All right? Oh, I've had this drink. Mm -hmm. Agua de Jamaica. Yeah. Oh, Okay, my mind. You just is put like, it together. Yeah, my mind is blown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Is that the Spanish pronunciation? Yeah. Oh, okay. That ma- okay, that makes ass. sense. I'm Go like ahead. Agua de Jamaica. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, I have some in the kitchen too right now, already made. If you want to taste some, yeah, I will. All right. Um, so I'm gonna tell y'all why I made this beautiful plant, the mental moment. Because uh, it has some mental uh, properties. And also, I've been going through it lately with, like, health issues. And I had to remember that I don't have to start completely from scratch. I do know some things that help me, right? You know. So, I mostly ingest hibiscus as a tea. Like I said, I put a half cup of the dry flour to a cup of water. And it's been known to prevent, this tea has been known to prevent hypertension, Low blood pressure because it has cardio protective properties. So it like helps your blood and your circulation. Uh, it reduces and stabilizes blood sugar levels. So it's really good for folks who are insulin resistant or who have um, like type 2 diabetes uh, or who struggle with diabetes in general. It keeps your liver healthy because it like uh, it empties out toxins and stuff. It helps with menstrual Cramps. Oh, I need to get some of this. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, it's like almost instant. It's amazing. Like I make me a cup of hibiscus tea. Sometimes I mix it with other stuff because it is a really strong uh, taste. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I like cut it with lavender or hibiscus and chamomile to like chill it out. Um, and oh my goodness, like does it help with cramps? Um, that's why I've been on it so heavy lately. And yeah, it really works. Whoa, mama. Um, it also helps with depression because it is, it's packed with vitamin C. Like it has so much vitamin C in it. Um, and vitamin C, when it gets in our body, it actually helps to convert, um, like amino acids to serotonin. And if you know anything about serotonin, it's the happy hormone. Uh, <laughs> and so it boosts our mood. Um, and so when you're going through it, hibiscus helps you feel euphoric, if you will. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it also helps with a bunch of other things. Uh, it's been studied a lot uh, for its medicinal properties. So uh, it's been shown to help with like weight management because it aids in our digestion of like things that our body has a hard time digesting and that tend to linger in our system. So it'll like get that stuff out of there. Like I said, it's really rich in vitamin C. So, um, so it helps uh, like flavonoids and diuretics and all of that stuff. I'm not a nutritionist or a dietitian, so I don't really understand like how it helps us use the bathroom, but it does. It does. Yeah, okay. it clears out all that all that stuff that lingers. Um, and it also really helps boost our immune system because again, it's packed with vitamin C. So along with the vitamin C, it also has a lot of like antibacterial properties. Um, which again helps um, protect you and boost your immune system. One way that um, I saw that people use it is for protection against like flu and cold season. And sadly, we're heading into that season, so you might want to stock up on some hibiscus for that. Uh, if you if you already have the flu, hibiscus can help you fight the symptoms and provide you with some uh, relief from um, the things that you know get you under the weather in the winter time and the cold seasons. Uh, it, it also, like I was talking about with the hair products, um, it's a natural source of hydration. So when your body is like super dehydrated from like the cold and blowing all your nose and getting all that stuff out, um, it helps put hydration back into you and fight off the virus. So as you can see, this tiny little beautiful plant is very powerful um, and the tea can have a lot of really good uh effects on your body so yeah get you some hibiscus boil you some water put some hibiscus in that water and strain the hibiscus out and drink up <laughs> i can't wait yeah well i said i have some in the kitchen yeah you i'm gonna try ready? it okay it's tiny and powerful just like me that was not the takeaway but sure oh, i think so <laughs> <laughs> And now, here's the dusty jingle for our bi-weekly word with our womanist worker, wordsmith wizard, Nikita. Ding, 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 ding. Seems like the wordsmith wizard is about to whoop your... <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. No, you know what, buddy? I... I tease you, but I do. I I do have a special affinity for the the jingle, for the word. You don't like it. I do. I love it. No, you it's don't. it's that it's got that throwback newscaster feel. You know, I, and that's I how love you old talk. shit. Exactly. So I dig it. I appreciate that. 
Okay. Well, I apologize, and I'll give you a proper jingle next episode. Well, you know, the wound has uh, to go along with W's. <laughs> the wound is already there. All right. Okay. So I will tell folks what the word segment is All before right. you get on into your word. So in the word segment, oh my gosh, 75th uh, word? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Because you came on around 30, 25. Well, thank you for uh, <laughs> diminishing me. But go ahead. This is great. <laughs> now in the word nikita breaks down some social justice jargon that we might be hearing but not really understanding with her organizing skill scholarship and prowess um and or she connects something that's going on to queer folk of color communities and tells us why we should care and know about it so i love the word because i always feel smarter after <laughs> listening to Nikita. So, take it away, Keith the Freak. Wow. That should be, I keep saying that should be my new Twitter name, but... Afro Blazing Guns just has a, oh, you mean Indistinct Chatter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is it that? Just because it's, when I watch things with closed captions on, this always comes up when people are talking in the background. I just get a tickle out of it. But that is essentially what Twitter is, Indistinct Chatter. Yeah. You see, Exactly. That's exactly what I thought when I know not at all. <laughs> anyway, so sometimes I, every now and then for the word, I kind of rant about how I think we should approach something. And so um, a few episodes back, someone sent an email and they asked us about like how to read. And so for this one, something that has been really getting on my nerves for the past year is like how to do a good Q&A. I just, there's a lot of question and answers or like collective discussions that you have like after like a presentation or a panel. And it's like, it runs the gamut. So I said that I was zipline zaddy because I was in Vegas for work and there was like these big breakout sessions. There was also like a panel, there was Q&A and organizing. I come across this stuff. Students might come across this stuff. If you're, you know, you go to a town hall. It's like, there's a lot of different places where we're trying to have we're trying to think through and discuss something collectively. Mm-hmm. And, I'm thinking about our live shows. Oh, like, yeah. Or maybe yeah. not ours specifically. Yeah, but when podcasts have live shows, the Q&A. Yeah. And it's just like, in my experience, I, I think, especially, like I said, in the past year, I'm like, these are really clusterfucks. I don't look forward to them. They're always, more times than not, they tend to be terrible. Yeah. So I'm like, how can we do, how can we do this better? So um, I think like I was getting at is like we have to first think about it as like a collective thing, right? It's, it's like we are trying to think through and discuss something collectively. We are trying to think through and discuss something collectively because I feel like one of the big issues um, that I think like I encounter is that, uh, well, before I get into that, I'm not going to get into that quite yet, but I think what I've realized is that these discussions, these collective discussions need to be guided and they need to be facilitated. That's mm-hmm. I think that's it just can't be some kind of open free for all that because that just doesn't work. And I, I was reminded when um, when I worked at uh, the Worker Center, I went to this uh, training and there's a really good uh, kind of train the trainer on facilitation. So a train the trainer is basically where somebody trains you in some kind of like topic or some kind of skill. So there's a woman there named uh, Marianella um, 
Aratia, who um, she led this train the trainer on good facilitation. So she says like the main one of the main goals of a good facilitator is to encourage everyone to do their best thinking. Mm. And I, I think that that is a so it's like to encourage everybody to do their best thinking so they can meaningfully contribute to something. Mm. And I'm like that is that's that's what I feel like is often missing. So I just kind of want to run through some of the problems I see that I think I tend to experience with Q&A and then some ways, some like strategies or things that we can do to try to like do not run into these uh, problems. So I feel like the kind of the common one that I'll just get out of the way that I feel like there's a lot of memes about is like the, you know, where you run into the issue of like somebody going into some like 10 minute incoherent screed or rant about something. Screed, nigga? Yeah, some diatribe about something. Or they're, like, not asking yeah. a question. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I think that's kind of a common one that yeah, gets yeah. on everybody's nerves. So there's that. Um, I think there's um, a problem with, like, repetition where, like, people are asking... The same question. 16 different kinds of ways. Yep. And then I, this is kind of the another one that gets on me. So the third thing is kind of, like, on one end of the spectrum, there's questions that are, like, too broad and then the questions that are um i think that are just entirely too niche too specific that are not actually for the benefit of what's that face for i think i asked two niche questions i don't i don't think so and then kind of going along with like the the speechifying just like the perpetual gum bumper somebody <laughs> who just talks too fucking much there's that um so, yeah, I think that those are kind of, like, the general problems that we run into with, like, q and I feel like there's some, like, basic things that people can do. Like, you just have to, like, facilitation is not a passive thing. It's, like, mm-hmm. a verb. Like, mm-hmm. you actually have to facilitate the conversation. So You're a really good facilitator. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I try sometimes. I've watched you in action. I've been very impressed. Um, so, I would say, first and foremost, I think that you have to, so, there's a couple of ways that you can do this. So I know in like organizing things, and I know that so much of this is contingent on the amount of time that you have. So I think it's really important to, I think you can't scamp on the time for a good q and I think that in order to be productive, I think you have to like really devote time to it. So I would say you kind of have to set ground rules at the beginning. And there's yes. different ways that you can do this. So you can say, hey, these are like the three things, like these are three to five things that we are going to do. Um, that, that how we want to like guide the discussion and, you know, you shout out three and then you like, you get other people to, um, contribute. Right. So like, you know, common one, you know, for the perpetual gum bumper, you know, step up, step back, that kind of thing. Um, time limits. So I was in a group and it was, it was so good. So they would give you two minutes per person to say whatever you needed to say. Mm-hmm. And then like a minute in somebody would like obnoxiously tap when it was time for you to wrap up and then they would be. And so because we've already set from the beginning, like you're only going to have two minutes. Yeah. It's like, it's not rude because it's like, we've like collectively agreed that uh-huh. in order to, to maximize the amount of people that can contribute, we're, we really have to stick to like wrapping people. up, Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And so it's like, again, you give the, you know, they talk two minutes and then like a minute or 30 seconds. It's like, okay, I got to start wrapping up and going to the next person. Another thing, so this is kind of also going along with the um, person who talks too much, is that we usually, 
not all the time, but often, like the people who talk, it's not a coincidence that the people who usually talk the most are the people who feel confident for all different reasons because of like race, mm-hmm. gender, yep. like education, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So one of the other tools that we can use is progressive stack. So what is progressive stack? So stack is where you take a round of hands. So like instead of just like, okay, you know, I'm going to call on somebody, then the person answers, then like the respondent or the presenter um, answers. What you do is you'll take a round of hands, right? So you, you like create a stack of people. Like a queue? Yeah, like a queue. Mm-hmm. So what is the progressive part of stack? So of course there's problems with this and it's not perfect in their shortcomings. But the idea of progressive stack is that you'll have, so it's like, I'm going to prioritize people who we don't generally hear from oh, in society. Okay. So it's, and of course this is fraught. It's like, there's a lot of, you know, because all, you know, all the oppressions or axes of oppression, you know, may are not visible. Mm-hmm. Right. But so it's like, um, you know, I'm going to, prioritize women of color. I'm going to prioritize people of color. Um, you know, and all these... And so that that's easier in a group, like, especially where you, like, where you're more familiar with the people, you know? But it's so that there's ways to, like, again, make sure that people who don't normally speak are, mm-hmm. like, encouraged to participate. Mm-hmm. And then some... I know some people... I'm going to get into... I'm going to reference somebody in a minute, but... Um, other people have said that they have, like, when they have done this in meetings, like, if the first few people, if, like, the first person to speak is a woman, then they realize and they notice that other women throughout, the throughout like, the discussion or the Q&A feel more open to, like, participating. Mm. Where if it's, like, you know, some, if it's, like, going to be the typical sort of, like, old white dude who, you know, and he, you know, might even have, like, an interesting or important point. It's, like, if that kind of sets the tone from the beginning, then other people, mm-hmm. like, most, like, people who are marginalized don't feel compelled to yeah. participate as much. Mm-hmm. And, again, that's not, like, an end-all, be-all, because, mm-hmm. like, of course, if someone is, you know, if they've got, like, a disability that you can't see, then, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I think, generally, I think it's a good, it's a good, it's a, it's a good beginning approach, right? This also um, is making me think about, like, stopping from being, like, attacked at these conferences mm-hmm. when, like, you present your work and then they open it up for questions and some white dude in the room has to bring it back to, like, white dudeness. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. so if, if you say in your presentation that, like, afterwards for questions, I'm going to be doing a progressive stack. That's what it's called? Yeah, progressive stack. Yeah, that, like, yeah, that limits the... Right, exactly. Yeah. So... Another thing is to go along with that. Here's where I want to bring in Eve Tuck. So Eve Tuck, I love Eve Tuck. So who is who is Eve Tuck? Oh well, I'm just thinking about the Tuck and Yang article about refusal. Oh, so they've got oh. so they've got the article on refusal, and they also have another very well known um, article called decolonization isn't a metaphor. Yes, so yes, So, Eve yeah. Tuck is, I mean, I just a badass, phenomenal, Woo. like, indigenous scholar. And I think her field of study is, like, education and, like, uh-huh. pedagogy. Mm-hmm. So, I was on Twitter. It was sometime during the summer. And so, she had a really wonderful thread. And I'm going to post a link to the thread um, about how she goes about doing Q&A. And one of the things that she... I'm not going to read the whole thread, but one of the points that she makes is like, after you've heard people talk, 
Like after like especially on like a panel where you've heard like multiple people mm-hmm. talk for like 50, 40 minutes, 30 minutes. She's like people are just dying to say something. And so like that's why you kind of get people just like blurting things mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So what she says and I think that this is like to the, the I'm going to connect it to what you just said about like the white dude asking like white dudeness is that and this is what I've done in or like organizing meetings or like events or presentations where it's like it's like you have people take five to ten minutes to like ask their neighbor to like workshop their question yes, with yeah. a neighbor. Uh-huh. Cause then cause then you're getting feedback. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like, does this question so first and a lot of times like and I, I have less I have patience for this because I understand it. Cause like a lot of people aren't used to public speaking, they get nervous, so you end up you get up there and you start rambling because you're nervous. Mm-hmm. So like I like I have patience for that. I'm like I have compassion for that. So it, you can it can help you like workshop your question. Cause like some you're like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to ask. And then you can like go back and forth with somebody and they're like, oh, this is what it sounds like you're trying to ask. You're like, yes or no. And then for like that white dude who's gonna be like ba 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 you know, what about the, you know, the Foucault white mm-hmm. dude, blah, blah. Then like, if he can, like, talk to somebody and, like, if he's, like, in, like, a small group and somebody's right. going to be like, well, actually, this is not, yeah. like, she's already said that she's doing X, Y, and right, Z. Right. So either don't ask that question or you should ask another more pointed or pertinent mm-hmm, question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so. Um, I love this. I'm about to use this in class. Yes. And it's also, and, like, let's say you don't, you feel, because some people are, like, I feel nervous talking in a big group, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and along with the small groups thing, so one another things that we, one of the other things that I have done in organizing, um, like meetings and like presentations and trainings, is that like, if you can like get people to discuss something in small groups. So like, let's say you've got like twenty people and there's like twenty people. You get them in like group four groups of five, and so you'll have many discussions within your little groups, mm-hmm. and then you pick somebody who's a reporter and the scribe. So then, the person is like taking notes on like the mini the discussion that you're having in your mini group, and then the you elect somebody in the little in your little group to be like, here's kind of a synthesis. And remember, you have somebody taking notes. Here's kind of a synthesis of what we discussed related to X, Y, and Z. Oh, my gosh. And then you yes. have other people in their small groups to be like, because then, again, because what the problem is, is that there's like, you know, people aren't like, like th- that in that discussion, you're able to like kind of flesh out what it is that you're thinking and to like kind of... Um, give like a fuller like you're being strategic and thoughtful within your small group about about like the mini discussion that you had and then like you hear from other groups and they're so oh like these are the points that we thought were important here are the questions that we have and so it's not just some kind of random free for all mm-hmm. and to go back to the earlier point it gets us to thinking about what is like how how are we having this discussion together and what we just heard exactly and like yeah exactly mm-hmm. um Oh my gosh. If Q&As went like this. The thing about like too niche, too narrow, like I think if a question, I mean, this is, you know, you can take these kind of things with a grain of salt, but it's like the way I think about it is like, what do you think would be beneficial to other people besides yourself? (laughs) Like to take away from the, like what 
do other people benefit from you saying your statement or your question? Because, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, I remember, and so, like, if it's too niche and if it's so specific to you, then, like, just, like, go up to them after the Q&A yeah. in a more, like, informal conversation and be like, hey, there was this, ba 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 This feels, like, so connected to us as queer women of color and queer folks of color broadly is like we have it's queer folk of color is such an umbrella term and there's so many like diverse um and different and varying identities under that umbrella it's like when we when you get us together right and like say there's a panel or something and you ask something so um specific to either like your like your experience of being a queer folk of color or like something like that. Like it does, it doesn't really like translate to everybody else in the room. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think you get like the feedback that you actually want to get in that moment. Right. And that's another it. thing. That's yeah. another thing. Cause to me, it all, I'm sorry. I'm, no, go ahead. I, I'm thinking out loud at this point, but I'm like in those moments where it's like, this is so specific to you, girl. It feels like people want a connection. Yeah. Right? Like, like, um, like I'm here to find community. You know, yeah. we always talk about community. And when you ask like those narrow questions, it's like, okay, hang out after. Hang out after. Yeah. Right. And and like we, we can better do that one on one. Actually one-on-one. get that. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then on the other end, there's like the just totally too, too broad where I'm like, cause usually if somebody's like talking about something, it's like they have some kind of, and I don't just mean in like a credentialed. Um, since, but like people have some kind of like expertise. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what is it that we can most draw on from this person's expertise? So I'm going to give an example. And this is like one of the, this is at one of those Q and A's where I was like, I fucking hate Q and A. So there's this guy who was like, you know, he just, you know, just, you know, it's an older uh, white guy going on about, you know, how he's like a long time anti-war activist. And there's like a left wing uh, former uh, Black Panther uh, member. And they were just like, you know, they rambled their way to the question. They were just kind of like, I just, yeah, so, like, what are your thoughts on, like, war? And I'm like, what? And I'm like, dude, like, it's a Black Panther. Yeah. They're not going to be like, well, you know, sometimes, <laughs> you know, you got to drone them, you yeah. know, drone them niggas. That's not yeah. what he's going to say. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I'm like, a better question would have been, like, what do you think is the, like, what's your assessment? What are the strengths and weaknesses of, like, the current anti-war movement? Mm. Mm. That you know, I'm mm-hmm, just like, mm-hmm. I'm like, why are you gonna ask somebody? What are their thoughts on war? Yeah, and you already know the political stance yes. of black Panthers and so on war. So I'm just war. like, but like, it would yeah. be beneficial for us to, you know, right? Even if, so, it's like, it's not maybe gonna be beneficial to everybody, but I'm like, there, there's like a handful of people in that room who I know do anti-war work. So that's like a per, that's a question that yeah. other people would benefit mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. knowing, mm-hmm. like the answer to. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And um, so to the point about like just kind of like people asking the question like the same question 16 different ways like I just experienced this and um I was on this uh website so there's a socialist organization called Solidarity and they had this article up it's like what is a feminist process and so they're just trying to like in this article they're like laying out how they can redo and rethink and incorporate some kind of like like a feminist way of doing like um, like meetings and mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing. And so I mean, this is kind of a no-brainer, but I think it's worth saying. So it's like one of the things that they stress is like close 
active listening. Like that's that's what we actually need to be doing, right? And I think on some level that can help kind of to get away from this repetition of questions. So it's like there's a close active listening requires us to reserve judgment until the person has finished speaking and we are sure that we understand like their point of view. And so I think from like what in my experience, especially like if, after the presenter has answered like five or six questions, you can kind of get a sense of like, how they're going to how they're going to answer the question. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I was at this thing recently and like 16 different people asked like the same question a million different ways and I'm like if you just like slow down and like listen to like what the presenters were actually saying then you like we already knew yeah. like the, the people who I was sitting next to it was like we already know how that person is going to like answer the question. But people just be like trying to repeat their question in their head right. so that they don't forget it. And, right, and right. They're not and not listening. and not actually listening. Mm-hmm. And again, that's kind of um uh, that's also like the benefit of trying to like workshop your workshop question. it, right? Mm-hmm. The other two suggestions that I have are um, I, there's I think there's fucked up ways in which this uh, next strategy is used because um, I think sometimes it's like if you're like especially like at some kind of town hall or going to be doing some kind of interfacing with people with power, they often try to use this. But I think that you use this next strategy in addition to like the other strategies that I'm saying, but like the, um, like making sure that people have like a note card and a pen and a pad to like write down, um, their questions Mm -hmm. because it's like, again, so it's, I think it's like, even if you want to have your own personal notebook or something, cause it's like, you just want to like, um, like be clear about what it is like that you're asking. And it's like, some people don't feel comfortable like speaking off the dome or off the cuff. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, or maybe you're nervous, so you could say, like, I'm going to take a round of hands. So you could say this from the get-go. Like, I'm going to take five rounds. I'm going to take a round of hands, so, like, five hands. And then we're going to, like, draw from the um, from the note card. So, like, maybe people mm-hmm. who don't necessarily feel comfortable speaking out mm-hmm. loud. And I say that because cause you might be thinking, what the hell am I talking about with people in power? But we've done things on campus where they just try to limit it to, like, note cards yeah. so they don't have to actually answer right. tough questions. Right. So I don't mean it for it to be used they'll, in that They'll regard. go through and pick out the least challenging exactly. question. Yeah. So that's why I say this along mm-hmm. with other They're strategies. Like, oh, no, use the hashtag. Right, and exactly. Like, what was your childhood like? This is the fucking... Yeah. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing that I'll say is that one of the things I think you can do from the beginning is... Um, like put out some like and this is also like the role of a facilitator like paying attention and actually listening to like the presentations and the presenters so it's like put out some guiding questions to the group beforehand because that also structures like the discussion do you know what I'm saying so it's like so like I'm I mean you know I'm an organizer so I'm always thinking about these things in like an organizing like context so for like that panel with like the Black Panther Party so some of the guiding questions I would put out like to the group to like kind of like get get them like animated to be thinking about other things so it's like how do they make sense of the um how have you um like how did you all in your like movements because that, that's a big question on the fucking left how did you all deal with in like as an organization resolve tensions and conflicts mm-hmm. um so I think there's that and then it's like oh like what um oh like what were the what conditions make it easier or harder to organize now compared to when? Oh, like so, that's it's like a if you question. put out, if I you put out that. like guiding questions, then then like that kind of sets an example. It's modeling. It sets the tone yeah, about yeah, yeah. for like mm-hmm. what are the things that we should be like thinking about. 
Um, so you like, would do that like before a panel or after? Before so like the, I would the do Q&A. it like um, yeah, right before the Q and A. So right. we would lay out the ground rules mm-hmm. and be like here's some. Or, like, again, it's, like, you know, the panel, one of the themes, like, a common theme I hear through the, the presenters is X, Y, and Z. This is something for us to think about. Got so, you. So, that way, it's not just, like... That's an excellent You know, it's, it's not just somebody yeah. who's just, like, oh, ah, who's just dying to say mm-hmm. something, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's, like, because that, that, then when you put it out to the group, it's, like, you're giving... It's, like, on some level, you're, like compelling people to take a minute to step back and to think actually mm-hmm. just like slow down and think and again that goes to marianella's point it's like the goal of a good facilitator is to encourage us to do our best and clearest thinking which is what you do with the word girl i try sometimes nikita i'm just thinking like this is so helpful um for me as like a black queer woman who presents all the time who's teaching so i'm in a in a classroom like twice a week like that these these could be strategies to like help protect me while i'm doing that do you know what i mean yeah exactly yeah so you don't get those like to play devil's advocate like or or as much as you can because you can only control so much of like what comes in the room at you but like these all feel like strategies i can incorporate even into my teaching to, like, get my students to think and to also, like, protect myself, which is real life as, like, a black woman. And this is almost, like, exactly what, like, Eve Tuck says in her thread. And, again, I'm going to post that Twitter thread um, in the show notes. But that's what she was like. She was like, I realized that it was basically when she was doing Q&A, when she was facilitating, it was just... Like, senior professors were just, like, reaming into grad students. So she was like... And it actually wasn't, like... Because she's like, you know, it's fine to ask tough questions, but, like, that's actually what was not what's happening. Yeah. And so this is, like, what, like, it's those experiences that compelled her to be like, okay, we have to do something about Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that that is the takeaway. That, that you had from it. When you said you were doing q and I was like, okay. I was about to say. But, uh, you know, yeah. I was like, no, it turned out good. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't doubt you. You shouldn't. After 75 episodes, I should have learned. Well, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. <laughs> All right, Nikita, we're going to move it on along to our topic segment. And what is the topic segment? The topic segment is it's the, basically we... the trash can of the episode of the podcast. <laughs> it's not the the trash can. It's the what's the, psych- the, the compost the compost bin okay. that burlesque show you into. Yeah. yeah, it's the compost bin because we repurpose, we make things better, Do we it. grow things Do here. It. It's like a, a um a cesspit of thought. A cesspit. <laughs> wow, what a vote of confidence you have in the topic. Um, yeah, but it's basically where we talk about stuff that doesn't quite fit into our other segments. If you would like to submit a topic to us, you can do so by using the hashtag QueerWalkPod or by emailing us at yeah. QueerWalkPod at gmail.com. I'm just saying, if you, if you don't want to hear about my love of cumulus clouds, you'll submit a topic. We'll be so sad that we have to miss that, but nevertheless, we'll Persist. move on. <laughs> Um, you want to introduce this topic since it was your idea? Yeah. So it kind of dovetails nicely with um, the word. You get on my nerves so much. Because, like, I hate bad Q&A. And so I was like, money. I hate a lot of things. You do. What things do you hate? So we're just going to do kind of a fun rundown of some of our biggest pet peeves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so funny. I once had an ex. 
I'll never forget, we got into an argument and she was so exasperated and she was just like, I have never met somebody who has as many pet peeves as you do. <laughs> well, when when we you told me you wanted to do this as a topic, you were like, I have eight. I was like, eight? I mean, that's Already like, listed? Yeah. Like, on the top of your dome, you got eight pet peeves? Easily. I'll probably <laughs> actually have like 30. Oh my gosh, Nikita. I'll, I'll settle for eight. That is so funny because you're the most annoying person I know. So the fact that this much I don't much think stuff... that that's what the record shows. <laughs> I don't think that that's the what the record that shows. The fact that this much stuff annoys you. Mm-mm. I think you have confused, have me confused with someone else. I don't think Anyway, so. kick us off. Oh, you want me to start? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm just a, a normal person, so I don't have that many pet peeves. Um, but definitely my biggest and most annoying pet peeve is toothpaste in the sink. Wow. Really? <laughs> it is so disgusting. In my last re- relationship, this was our biggest relational issue. I mean, we had a lot of issues, but, but this was, was the like... biggest one. Don't leave toothpaste in the sink. It's disgusting. You're already running the water yeah. to brush your teeth. Clean Just rinse the sink out. Yeah. It's nasty. How do you really feel, money? It's fucking gross. <laughs> Who raised you? <laughs> Wild boars. <laughs> Clearly. I would almost prefer hair in the sink. Oh, my God. I don't care. I don't it's care. I, it's something about the sight of, like, dry toothpaste. Okay. Just a, it, even if it's just, like, a glob of it in the sink or if it's, like, toothpaste residue. Just get the toothpaste out the sink. Wow. And it's even worse when it's, like, um, green toothpaste. Like, any kind of toothpaste. This really grinds your gears. It's gross. It's it's my thing. I have a thing about bathrooms in general. You know? It's like, bathrooms should be clean. Should be clean, yeah. It took me years to use public restrooms. Um, But, like, toothpaste in the sink. Martinique looks like she's about to just Hulk rip this desk (laughs) right in half. You know that gif of that like wh- white woman at the blinds, and then she closes them and yeah. like hey, that's how yeah. I feel when I see two faces. Wow, in the I did not know this about you. Yes, two- this is oh, so funny. No, 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 no. Two faces in the sink is like my biggest pet. Wow, I didn't, that is so funny. It's freaking gross. Yeah, I mean I think it's gross, but it doesn't like it doesn't rile me up in the way that it it, it rile it grinds my gears. Wow, it's the biggest biggest pet peeve I have. Wow. Alrighty. What about yours, Nikita? So I think my this is, this list isn't in any particular order. Here we go. But my biggest the thing that like sets me off. I think you already know this one. The thing that sends me into like a catatonic rage. Fucking passive aggression. Oh I yeah, you I can't hate, deal with it. You hate passive aggression. Yeah, yeah. I have like I'm a very calm person normally, but I have I have lost my shit. Yeah. I just I can't do. I just can't deal with it. I'm like. You need to say what the issue is. I don't like any beating around the bush. Mm-hmm. Like it, it like sends me into a fury. Yeah, it's like you just got to say what you mean. And just say it, mm-hmm. and then you know we can we can move on from it. But just kind of like, I did know that 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 was yeah. your biggest. If it's theme. like passive aggressiveness, you don't do well. With. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I don't do good with like elephants in the room, that yeah. kind of stuff. It makes me feel very anxious. Yeah. But you, you are, yeah, you're in a rage. Yeah. When, when I've like, I have like shouted at people. 
I'm just like, what in the fuck is your problem? <laughs> yeah. Or it's like, yeah. Like, so I hate all kinds of, I mean, sometimes I'm guilty of it, but certainly I don't do it a lot. I, I actually really actively try not to do it. Like any kind of like subtweeting, or I hate all of that shit because it's all it's it's all passive aggressive. If you're not gonna say it directly, then you just have, you know, you just have to shut the fuck. up. That's what I was about to say. That's what you usually say. (laughs) I'm glad you said it on air so people know because that's what Nikita usually say. Just shut the fuck up. Shut shut your fucking gums. Okay. We shouldn't have done this as a time. We must be mad as hell. That's all right. What's your next one? My next pet peeve is ashy heels. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> and ankles. Whoa, um, and knees. Just, but that's also none of your business. <laughs> it is. It's none of your business. It is my business. You, like, what you? Why do you have black mama pet peeves? My, <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess Sharon is somewhere giving a thumbs up. Like I raised her well. Because right. this is, you know, actually, this is a lot of stuff she used to yell at me about. But. I, I think that having ashy, ashy knees specifically, um, knees, ankles, and like heel areas, it just like shows that you don't care about <laughs> your life. Like, like you just, um, actually, I should say that like my pet peeve is when people only uh, like m- moisturize or lotion the parts of their body that are going to show. It's like you don't care about your. You know, I'm just saying, not you know, just just to play. Um, you better not. Just you better not. This is one, another one of my pet peeves. Just to play, um, you know, sometimes you oversleep. You could be running late. I don't care how late you're running, or you're in a hurry. Then and put you're on just like, put on shoes where I don't have to see that. Then or you're, you're just out, you know. You don't you don't have your moisturing your moisturizing accoutrements with you. you know, Borrow some from a friend. You know, sometimes I don't know. You know, it it could happen to anyone. No, I'll just I'll no. just leave it there. I'll no, just leave it there. Anyway, what's your second one? <laughs> My next second one is people who just don't respect personal space. People who just are too fucking close. I feel that like that's a common pet peeve that people have. Yeah. Hmm. That's, What's that's too close? My I know that my sphere. Am I too close? No, my sphere is pretty big. Am I too close, Nikita? Okay, weirdo, stop. <laughs> I, I'm just like it's like when people like. You can feel their breath. Not even that. Like, oh my god! Like, here's the thing that really like <laughs> sends me through the fucking roof. Like when I'm sitting somewhere and there's like empty seats. And I'm like, you sit near me. I'm like, get the fuck away. Back the fuck up. I'm just like, why would you do this? Americans in their personal space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I it's totally it's... a terrible Western thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just I think it's also that. a short thing. And it makes sense. Oh, my God. I hate that when there's some, like, some fucking tall person yeah. towering. I'm like, get mm-hmm. the fuck on. Get out of the way. <laughs> Yeah, as a tall, you got to know, like, you need to keep distance yeah. from shorts. Because just, when you stand too close, you're, like, towering over yeah, them. And I, I can see that. how that feels uncomfortable for somebody. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. Move. I need to breathe. <laughs> All right. Okay, my next one is a WYD text. What you doing? Yeah. Huh. I hate WYD question mark. That's all the text says. Or the DM or whatever. Why? It's got a fuckboy feel to it. It does. Yeah. It's like, 
you don't actually care what I'm doing. What do you want? Because you just you just want to interrupt whatever it is that I'm yeah. doing. So what do you actually want? It's a, it has a very fuckboy tent to yeah, it. Yeah. I think that's why it bothers me so much. I've never seen it used in like a like a spirited context. Like, oh girl, what you doing right now? Yeah, yeah, do. yeah. No, it's always been like, what you what doing? You doing? Yeah. What you doing? I think I knew that about you. Yeah, I knew that. Mm-hmm. My next one is, I think, I think probably most people would hate this. I it it like when somebody calls like back to back, or when someone texts you and then they call like back to back communication. <laughs> I I want to like block you forever. <laughs> Cause I it make it makes me think that something's wrong. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or when so like the corollary like uh, or like subset A of that is like call me. Yeah. I'm like, what in the <laughs> fuck do you need? Spell it out. Tell me. Yeah. I hate it. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. When some I've done I've told I like I like got snippy with my mom one time because she was like call me and I'm like every time you say that I think something terrible. I was there has happened mm-hmm. and I was like, what do you? She's like, oh, I'm just bored. I'm like, <laughs> that's not a, that is not an appropriate response. When your mama calls, then texts, call me. That sends up a red flag. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just I hate that. Mm-hmm. Or like sometimes, like I'm like, if you have to be like on the verge of death, or the life, like your life trajectory, <laughs> your life trajectory has to be on like totally upended for you to ever communicate. Like multiple times in a row. There's no, there's nothing that urgent unless it's like, it's not urgent. Don't ever do that. You're such a picky person. I am. It's annoying. Don't. Mm. I hate that. Ah, I'm getting pissed thinking about <laughs> See, it. See, that's why I was like this topic. Okay, the next one I'm gonna do is going back to the bathroom. Um, I don't even know why they still make this, but single ply toilet tissue. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't know why it exists. I don't know why um, multi-billion dollar universities insist on only putting yeah. single ply toilet tissue in the bathrooms. What? Who? What? No. Y'all can afford Cottonelle. People pay People pay $60,000 yeah. plus a Intuition. year to attend this university. If I can afford Cottonelle, yeah. you can afford Cottonelle. Yeah. As a corollary to this pet peeve. When people hang the toilet tissue under and not over. Oh my God! <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> World War Three is going to start over that. It is. <laughs> this this is obvious to me. Who, what what kind of person likes the under? Somebody who likes fucking quarter ply. That's who. <laughs> somebody who somebody who would probably wipe their ass with loose leaf. That's, that's somebody who doesn't care. I oh, I'm so glad we're on the same page about this. It just. Over, over makes sense. Over, over. makes sense. Yes. It's, yes. it's just like, it's a smoother road. It, the, everything about the it. The tissue isn't rubbing up against the wall. <laughs> yeah. Like, you yeah. can tear it more easily. Exactly. Everything about over makes sense. If there's some, run as fast as you can if you go to somebody's bathroom <laughs> and that shit is under. Get out if, of there. If it's single ply and under, they're a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're going to murder you. That's, that's, the only, that's the only thing that's happening. Yeah. Um, one of our friends, I think we've upgraded her. <laughs> we we did. Because yeah. she was using that. I, I brought her toilet tissue once. It's just like, <laughs> I was like, you, we, it's like, we're at your house too much for you to keep doing this. <laughs> I feel I feel abused as Your a sensitive bits deserve better. Yes, they you do. Know, you know who you are. 
My turn? Yeah. Oh, my. This is like, I'm such an old person. Oh, my gosh. Pete, this, I don't know who, uh, I, okay. People who, like, talk on speakerphone in public. Oh, or they play stuff out loud. If you don't have your fucking headphones, you have to suffer. You don't get to experience whatever bullshit you're listening to. Cut the shit off. Cut it off. You're sitting in a cramped ass fucking waiting room and you think it's appropriate for you to, to just fucking jibber jabber at the top of your lungs? And, and I have to listen to you jibber jabber and whatever douchebag is on the other end of that phone jibber jabber, cut that shit off. Step outside. Get out! <laughs> oh, oh my God, I hate this. I hate this so much. I was in my apartment the other day. Somebody was just walking down the street, walking, bla- having something handheld, blasting through the street. And I was like, you need to get the fuck on to where you need to be. When people say, that's funny, but don't laugh. I do that all the time. When people say, Hilarious. I do that. But don't laugh. I do or when people say, that is so funny. <laughs> don't laugh. Wow. It, it feels like shade. Like, you, it's no. actually not funny. That's yeah. I, I mean it. I always genuinely mean it when I say it. I feel like a significant part of your um, pet peeve list feel very targeted. And I'll, I'll just leave it there. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to be. These you are just don't... actually my pet peeves. Okay. Um, I think also because I'm in a lot of places where people say hilarious, hilarious, and like nobody laughs. Yeah. It feels it feels like like passive aggressive, like yeah. angsty, like oh my gosh, like is what? Or it kind of it the way it comes off to me is like, bitch, I don't want to hear that. Oh yeah, Shut it's up. like patronizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like mm, that. that's hilarious, hilarious. Go ahead, Nikita. All right, so my next one is somebody who's talking or distracting me when I'm trying to read. You did that on <laughs> purpose. You did that on purpose. But the t- the problem was like when I it's like when you're obviously like intently trying to do something. I wasn't. No, I'm not, I'm not I don't mean you, but I mean you do do this often. But when you're trying to do something and you're like obviously like intently focused on something and somebody just like, you know, is like bumping their gums. I won't speak to you ever again. Is that yes? That that, that that is the irrational, mature adult that, takeaway from that, that. Solve your little fucking pet peeve, <laughs> huh? Huh? Have you? But huh? have you been like trying to do something and on a deadline and somebody's just like, oh yeah, blah, 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 and you're like, I need you to shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, I hate it in the car the most. Like when I'm trying to. Like, oh my god! When you're like, I've missed or... six exits. <laughs> Yeah. The, the gas light is on. And someone's like, oh, yeah. So anyway, I was. And you're just like, you have. We're going to die if you don't be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, oh, oh, yeah, you just missed. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I hate it. In the or it's car. like, it's a very tense. Yeah, you know, we live upstate. Yeah, yeah. And it's bad, inclement weather. Oh, my God. And somebody's just like. Oh my yeah. god! And I'm like, I'm like, hey, we're on the verge of death here. Can you tone it down? Tone it down. Yeah, I hate that. All right. Um, when people sing along the songs and they don't know the words. <laughs> oh. 
Oh my god. This is so you. Just be quiet. <laughs> just be quiet. If you don't know the <laughs> if you don't know the lyrics, just be quiet. Shut up. And this is so funny because my mom is the queen of this. <laughs> she will make up a whole new song <laughs> to the melody of the song she's trying to sing. Cause she don't know none of the lyrics. That is so funny. Just let my dog surround you. What mommy? <laughs> <laughs> let my dog surround you. <laughs> I'm like, it's love adorn you. Love Let my adorn you. <laughs> I'm like, it's a whole new song now. Just be quiet. Let Miguel sing it. No. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, this this uh, fits nicely with my next one. This is another hit at you. A fucking bossy ox cord person. I'm not a bossy yes, ox cord person. I'm a bossy Bluetooth person. The point, I hate when you have your music queued up. And someone without it, it's, it's like the equivalent of touching somebody's radio. You don't just like invite yourself to that. But my cue is like, I don't care. Better. I don't care. Is this Luther Vandross? <laughs> Whole damn cue. Luther. It's Luther, not. Luther. It's not. All right. Oh, Lion Babe. Luther, Luther, Luther. <laughs> you don't know me. You don't know me. You got any more of your little funky ass pet peeves? <laughs> she only listens to Luther and people who sound like goats. So it's Do you like have Luther, 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 Erica Badu, Luther, 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 Luther wow. Ari Lennox, Luther, 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 Lion Babe, Luther, Luther. <laughs> that is categorically false. <laughs> I mean, okay, anyway. <laughs> All right. My last pet peeve is actually inspired um, by, I was with uh, a few episodes back of Grizzly Kiki. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were talking about, like, somebody was like, oh, I'm going to unfollow you because you do blah, blah, blah on your social media. Yeah. When people try to tell you what to do on your social media yeah, page. Yeah, that is annoying. You have your own. Matter of fact, you not only have your own page, but you also have your own curated space on social yeah. media. If you don't like what I'm doing, Get the out. unfollow button is right there. And the, you don't need to write me no long. Just leave. Just leave. Right. The, the mute button is there. Yeah. You can unfollow my story. It's so many options. Why are you in my D of the M's, direct of the messages, telling me what to do with my space yeah. on the internet? Get out. What the, who do you think you are? The who audacity. Yeah, the unmitigated goal. Exactly. I was listening to, to them talk about that on Grizzly Kiki, and I was like, that is a pet peeve of mine as well. How dare you? That's like coming into somebody's house and being like, I actually think I think this- that your sofa should... <laughs> it should be on the other wall. Yeah, get out. Like, I... Get out. <laughs> I think this bookshelf is... It looks really cluttered here. Yeah. I think you should move it to the other wall. <laughs> All right. Well, me and my bookshelf so you can get your raggedy ass on a body. <laughs> it's so funny because that makes me... Uh, just to like round it out, my last one, it's just like a radical killjoy. I, that's the kind of person that I hate, right? The person. I think I know what you mean, but what's you know, a radical? The, you know, the person who's like, "Well, this thing is not, 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 not radical enough," and I'm just like, you know what? People got to come into their own things like at their own time, and it's like when there's when people don't think that other people are like sufficiently radical or subpart A of that is like people also a lot of times uh, people just be um, kind of saying a whole bunch of nonsense. 
and pretending that that shit is radical, I'm not into that. That oh. really gets on my nerves. So it's just like pseudo-radicalism yes. is just kind of annoying. The people who hate everything and everybody and think they're the most radical person to ever exist in the history of humanity. I'm just like, you know, slow your fucking roll. Yep. I, mm-hmm. That that really like grinds my gears. Oh yeah, I hate it, it that. It burns me to fuck up. Cause I'm like, you know, we all started somewhere. Exactly. So I think I think, and so it's like the, a concrete way to, to like, you know, I think criticism and critique are fine. It's like, you know, going forward, we should think about this. But I'm glad that people are, you know, animated about X, Y, and Z. Sure, that's, that's all sure. we gotta do. How we talk to people, fucking How? matters. When? Yeah. Um, all those things matter. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah, because it's like like in the um, interview we did with Charlene, it's like it's not in this moment. Like, like folks enjoying the chicken sandwich. We were talking about the yeah. chicken sandwich earlier. That's not the moment to be like, I hope y'all voting as much as y'all like right. it. You know, I was like, right. what are you talking about? It's a fucking about? chicken sandwich. It's a Relax. Chicken... <laughs> Relax. It's a, it's a chicken sandwich. <laughs> Relax. In right. the words of Roxanne Gay. Relax. It's a sandwich, Joe. Relax. <laughs> My favorite tweet of all time. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. That's so I get what you I mean by like. radical killjoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whew. Whew. Wow. So I'm mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I want to fight. And also, um, I like how you took direct shots at me. It's okay. Watch it. Your whole list was basically Nikita's a garbage person. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Was was no? We don't need to get into the specifics. <laughs> I think that this was a fun, fine segment. Sure. If y'all have any pet peeves, tell us, please. Yeah, throw it in the hashtag Queer Walk Pod. Yes. Ooh. All right, Nikita. So we're gonna finish out this episode with our curved, 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 curved chronicles segment. And what's the curved chronicles segment, Nikita? The curved chronicles segment is where you share. A dating woe or when. So whether you curve right. someone, I share because where Nikita. you have curved someone, or where if you unfortunately get curved. I'm glad that you all of your um, words that you use was you because you never contribute. To I don't have segment. curved chronicles. I can't help that. I can't help that I'm in a healthy, functioning relationship with a social justice baddie. Okay. That, that's not what I said. That is but what you it said. is not an incorrect statement. I don't statement. care. <laughs> share with share Shout with out us. to the homie Jaffe and her blazers. My Curved Chronicles is um, Tinder is terrible and it needs to be burned. Yeah. So, um, before we started recording, I, st- I showed Nikita what Tinder looks like. It's a wasteland. It's a wasteland, y'all. It's really bad. So either it's a like front profile for a couple and they're looking for uh, a unicorn. Yeah. What is a unicorn just for folks who may not know? It's like typically a woman um who a couple can quote unquote play with. Um no no like romantic attachment, oh, just right, sex. Right, right. Um no thank you. Right. Um and because most of the couples are white. Are, are, well, it's Syracuse, so everybody's white on Tinder. Um, but most of the couples are like uh, hetero couples, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Sure. Like, no, I don't want to do anything with a man. So yeah. no, thank you. Um, so that's one reason why it's awful. Another reason why it's awful is people don't know how to take pictures. Oh my god! Yeah, the worst photos. Yeah. It's like 
this is a dating app. <laughs> like, it's like, what are you doing, Susan? <laughs> <laughs> even, okay, even if I was, like, interested in, like, dating a white woman, like, the photos that people put on Tinder, it's like them hugging their dog and like the dog is most of the picture and they have on big huge sunglasses so you can't really see their face so all you really see is like Skippy the puppy and their like big old sunglasses I'm like this is an awful picture a lot of like nature sky photos but they they have on like the worst outfits because they're hiking (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh i'm like those pants are not flattering (laughs) but i guess if you're they think that that'll signal to other avid hikers it's like a self-selecting there's a section for you to write a biography yeah why don't, don't you write that in I'm there? I'm just trying to make sense of it i'm an avid hiker that's all you have to do i'm just trying to make sense of the shenanigans i don't know Keep those hideous green cargo shorts off your... Well, I mean, <laughs> that's a whole separate uh, conversation. Yeah. Um, or you come across... Uh, I don't know if this is just... Well, I have mindset to only see women. So I don't know if like guys do this too. But every photo has like a filter, like bunny ears or dog ears. Oh, that's weird. What We are 30. We're too like, old, yeah. <laughs> we too old. For every photo to be having like stars or hearts or a dog filter on your yeah, face, that's I'm weird. Like, what are we? First of all, I didn't know we were still on Snapchat like that. Um, second of all, like what? Like there's no none of your photos don't have a filter. Like that's weird. Yeah, that's bizarre. It's oh, bizarre. God. It's like the my age range is set. I'm like, what? What? People don't know how to write bios. I think bios. What makes be, for a good bio? Okay, um, short. Yeah, that makes sense. Like, I don't, it's not. It's not an autobiography. Mm-hmm. It's a bio. Right. It's not um, a documentary. It's not a documentary. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just just really quick, like the first sentence should just be like, "What you're looking for?" Like a one. No, not that. Not in the first sentence. In the first sentence, you need to give a one liner about who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I feel so like Nicole Byer and Why Won't You Date Me, which is one of my favorite podcasts. But so my bio says, my first line is, I'm down to kick it, chill, or plan the black feminist lesbian revolution with you. You know, it's just like a a one liner about who you are should be your first sentence. Um, And then after that, you can talk about what you're looking for. But this is your only chance outside of the photos to, like, share share something about yourself. Yeah. So, like, put some hobbies, what you're into, um, something that could be a conversation starter for when somebody messages you. So, what are people actually putting on there? No fats. (laughs) Um, uh, I don't date. Da-da-da. Like, they're listing all of their... what they don't want. Exactly. Or they're doing the opposite. They're like 420 friendly or down to uh, to hook up or da-da-da. It's mm-hmm. like, that shouldn't be your first, you know? Like, tell me who you are. Do you think it's because those people are looking for something different than what you are? Like, they're just looking for hookups. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think Tinder is like a hookup app. But honestly, all the others in this area, no. It's a no. Hmm. Like, okay, Cupid, there's seven people on it. I'm going to see those same seven profiles yeah. over and over again. It doesn't make sense. Black, the, like, black version of yeah. Tinder, there's no one on no it one for 50 it. miles. Yeah. I can't use that one up here. Um, her works best on Apple products. I have a droid. I can't use that one. 
Um, plenty of fish, same thing, same eight girls all the time. You know, it's like, yeah. And I realize that like people use it for hookups, but like, I've I've never been a hookup person. I don't think I can do hookups. Yeah, it's not. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, I've in the past I've wanted to, but it's sure. just never, you know. Yeah, hasn't materialized. Yeah, and I don't think it's a thing that I can do. Yeah. And so then, after you sift through all of that fuckery. Um, and actually match with somebody. Crickets. I think I'm pretty good at maintaining conversation. Yeah. You know? Um, I know this to be true about you. Just because of the person I am and also because I literally do it for a job. Yeah. So, I think I'm good at maintaining conversations and people are just not. Yeah. And so, I tr- I know that going in. So, I try to, I try to, uh... Make, make it conducive with, for them to yeah. yeah so so I'm like um I'd love to show you my favorite bubble tea shop you know like yeah. I, I try to make it let's move it off this as quick as yep, quickly yep, as yep, possible because yep. I know that the conversation is going to be trash and garbage right. so as quickly as I can meet you in person to get a sense of is, if this is going to be good yeah. or not the better but people like did, I shouldn't keep saying people like because uh, I've only had this experience with women on Tinder so I don't know what it's like for other people but, like, they disappear after you do that. Like, you try to set up a meeting. Uh, it's like, hello, yeah. where'd you go? Right. <laughs> huh, interesting. I wonder. Yeah. And there's, these are people who are, like, similar in age? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, like 28 to 32. Yeah. Because yeah. I was about to say, I wonder, like, is that just, like, old-fashioned? Because I, I can't do, in any kind of capacity, I can't do any kind of online thing for too much. It's just... It's, but the even, back and forth is annoying. But even when you try to shift, like, platform. So, I don't have my notifications turned on for Tinder. Right. And so, I don't... Right, it, right. Unless I check the app, I don't see that you message me back. So, I'll quickly try to, like, be like... Um, can we text? Can we text? Can we use WhatsApp? Yeah. yeah. Like, something else to get off of this platform. Yeah. And the conversation, like, dies. Yeah. Um, people might... Um, I mean, I just imagine people... I mean... I mean, people are kind of, like, outrageous and don't make sense generally. But, I mean, maybe people think that that's too forward. And then it's, like, another self-selecting. It's, like, it's like a you know, a thing that eliminates those people. And, I, I mean, I think that that's fine. Yeah. I've never done any. I had an okay Cupid for, like, two or three weeks once. And I was like, this is just, I don't think I'm cut out for this. I don't, I don't like apps. Yeah. And I feel like. I literally only have Tinder right now because it's annoyingly lonely in Syracuse. Yeah, sure, sure, it's sure. It's like, the, um, there's not even an option to, like, go to a club and potentially meet somebody. Right. And even even outside of, like, romantic and, like, sexual stuff, I see queer women of color in Syracuse when I go places all the time. But... I don't know what kind of rule it is, but, like, we can't even speak to each other. Yeah. It's like, I saw this the cutest couple at the post office, and then the very next day, I saw them in Thornton Park. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a very distinctive-looking-ass bitch. There's nobody else in Syracuse with uh, cotton candy cotton yarn candy hair. yarn braids. Yeah. And I'm like, if I remembered y'all, 
Not to say that they basic looking. Right. They're not. They just don't have cotton candy hair. Yeah. You know, it's like, but if I remember y'all from yesterday, I know you no, remember, y'all remember me. me yeah. So I'm like, I'm so excited because you, it's it's isolating up here. You're the only black queer woman I talk to on a regular basis in Syracuse. Yeah. And so I'm just like, hey. And they literally like turn away and like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I know you see me and I yeah. know you heard me speak. Something I've been thinking about lately is I don't actually think I obviously all of you know nobody no not everybody in every group feels the same way but I don't actually think that a lot of people like get that kind of excitement that we feel because I was um I was at this thing like a while ago and I was like very excited to like I'm like Mm -hmm. oh my god there's other like visibly queer people and they just did not seem like that excited as I was to like, I mean, there's some people who I just like, I ended up like going up to, it was like, hey, ba 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 ba, and mm-hmm. we were good, but like. When you were in Vegas? Yeah. Yeah. So I just don't think that that's, I don't think that every queer person, I don't, yeah, I, I think that there might be a sizable portion of queer people who just like don't move and move through the world that way. And I think also, like, I'm thinking about here, I think I'm, I'm thinking about here that where it's like, like, I bet that the people, like those, uh, like the black queer queer women that you saw, were um, they, they're probably from here. So like they have they have been able to find a sustained community in like other ways, or it may not be like their primary way of like wanting to like engage, or a primary way in which they want to engage other people. I don't know because there are like other people who aren't like I, I've been around you, and there's like been like other black women who I can see, queer or not, who mm-hmm. are, like, excited to meet you. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, like, this is somebody who I think is interesting that I want to, like, mm-hmm. spend time with. But it's like... And there are some black women who are not. Yeah. And so it's like, it's about what kind of person who was like, okay, I'm, like, I'm, like, hungry and looking for a community. I think if you're not, if you're not looking for that, then you're like, okay, whatever. Mm, Okay. Because, again, it's like people are born and raised here, so they have other ways of relating to and other primary right, ways right. in which they want to engage Right. People. They have family here. Yeah. They have people they grew up with here. Yeah. I don't have any of that Yeah. Here. Hmm. Now, if they were like, oh, well, I found out that you were related to so-and-so, they would be like, cool. Yeah. Now I want to. Right. Right. But it's like, right. you know, I don't. Just because you're queer, that's, I don't, like, I don't care. And we also live in a place where, um. I mean, people say this to you all the time. They're like, you can't be from here. Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I don't ever know what to make of that. But, yeah. like, okay. Sure. But I say all that to say that, like, some people are like, oh, well, she's not. Yes, you know, she's black, she's queer, but, like, you know, she's different. Like, she's, like, do you know what I mean? They're like, oh, like, she's not from here. She's like an outsider. And I mm-hmm. think that that, that, I think that that difference is exacerbated by the fact that we have a university and there's already fraught tensions, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of town gown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think that there's all these other things that can, like, be at play. Yeah. I'm thinking about that. I think I have to think about it on the dating apps, too, is, like, yeah. Some people just aren't as excited to match with another woman of color because they're they match with women of color all, all the time. time. Yeah. But it's like when you've been swiping for two weeks and there's nothing but white right, women. Right. And you see a woman of color on the like, app. Hey. Oh my god, yeah. Not even like, oh my god, what is this? I'm just I'm actually just happy yeah. to see another. Like, I always woman of color. swipe right yeah. on women of color. Yeah. Always. Right. Always, always, always. Because yeah. I'm like I I 
I literally can be on Tinder swiping for two weeks and never come across another yeah. woman of color. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, when the conversation dies out for them, they're like, eh. Right. But for me, it's like, God damn. Like, right. we could have at least, you know, went to see Hustlers together. Like, and, when, and it's funny because when I was, um, like, when I was out for my conference for work, like, the like the most of the, like, the women who I saw who were visibly queer, from, queer were from the city. So yeah. they're like, Right. Bitch, what? Right. You know, I step yeah. out my front door and, it, you know, I could um, hit a queer with a rock. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, like, me, they're like, I'm like, woof. You know, I haven't seen a a queer person of color. That's not money in, like, you know, two weeks. Yeah. So it's like my my uh, my hunger for that community is just is different. It's going to be more pronounced, more acute than theirs. Yeah. <sighs> to hell with Tinder. I, I do think that that is the only appropriate takeaway. Yeah. I really hope that people um, take you up on that advice about those pictures. It's just not good. Awful, awful Bad. photos. Awful. Some of those pictures look like cries for help. <laughs> they, they, you know, to each their own. To each their own. <laughs> it's like, uh, do you need to see me in my professional capacity? <laughs> Oh my gosh, Nikita. Well, this was episode, episode 75. 75? 25 times 3? 100 minus 25? Okay. That's about a, a, enough math for you? What they say in that last episode? Discrete mathematics? What the fuck is that? Um, I took a discrete math Okay, class. actually, it was a rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, and on that note, <laughs> off air, money will describe to me the intricacies and the ends of ins and outs of discrete mathematics, but we're going to call it an episode right here. All right. I am Money, the cover letter cutie. And this has been Nikita, your zip line zaddy. And you just listened to Queer Walk, the podcast, episode 75. <laughs> <laughs>